anyways, we have our Bible study. Uh, we are in chapter 5 of John. I think we've been in this for about seven weeks, I think, maybe a little longer. We've been trying to take it step by step or verse by verse, if you want to call it. And um, we talked about a man who Jesus went out and his phrase, he says, take your, get up and take your bed and walk. At that point, Christ was tagged, meaning he was tagged because he said he claimed to be the Father God and the disciples, or excuse me, the Pharisees did not like that. So from that point on, Christ uh, was, uh, I don't would say followed and went out to get captured because they wanted to kill him because they blasphemed him. And today we're going to talk about commission. What is commission? A lot of people feel that commission is a bad word, is a uh, word that says, okay, it's a weak word, and in scripture, it's not a weak word at some point, so that's what's going on. Join us for the prayer time and Bible study on Thursdays, and have fun. Bless you guys. do something wrong? Huh? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I think, well, you're doing good. 
hard to read my mind sometimes. Don't have to uh, read all the recipes and and have you know all the cookbooks. You um, have to do. You have to be able to follow the recipes. And sometimes I do admit I do cheat. I do add a little bit here and there. I make shortcuts and stuff. But in the end, it does turn out. But you know what? One of the best cookbooks is the Bible. Now, the Bible is God's recipe for becoming a great Christian. And a lot of people read the Bible every day. But you don't become a Christian by reading the Bible every day. You become a Christian by applying what you read in your life. Now, um, reading the Bible just like reading a cookbook, you know, you, you don't, you can't, like I said before, you can't, you're not going to become a great cook by reading all these cookbooks, just like you're not going to become a Christian by reading the Bible every day. You have to apply what you learn in your daily life. Now, I really like uh, a Bible verse that I read. It's in James. It's James uh, 1, uh, 22 which says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Now, that means don't uh, don't just listen to your Sunday school teacher or to your pastor. Um, a lot of people, they uh, do whatever that they're going to do, you know, all week long, and then they think that they're going to be good, you know, go to church on Sunday, and they come to church, and they sit through church and listen to their pastor or their Sunday school teacher, and then they go back out, you know, for the week, and they think, well, they did their duty. They went to church. But you need to listen to what your Sunday school teacher or your pastor says and apply it to your life or to, your, to, the, to the rest of the week. And that's what the Bible is telling you. Apply it to your life. Apply the cookbooks. When you read your cookbooks, apply it to your recipes. So listen to your pastor. Listen to your Sunday school teacher and apply it to your life. Apply it to the, week, um, the rest of the week. Now, another great um, Bible verse is found in Ephesians. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. It says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God that's right follow God's example we can all do that follow him follow his example and love us love one another I don't know about you but when I love someone love our neighbor, love our friend, 
that puts a smile on somebody else's face and puts a smile on my face. And when I have a bursting heart, my heart's bursting because there's so much love on it, uh, so much love in my heart, I have a huge smile on my face. And wouldn't you rather see people walking around, especially in this day and age, with smiles on their face? That's, I would. Now, I have a question. How about you? What's cooking in your life? Now, do you just read and follow the recipe? Or are you applying that recipe in your daily life? Now, I have some recipes that I want to share with you. Now, the first recipe is called a fruit pizza. Now, while making this, you will learn that God wants you to bear the fruit of the Spirit. Now, I've talked to you children about the fruit of the Spirit before, but that never gets old. The fruit of the Spirit is the values, um, good values that you have in your life. And in Galatians, Galatians 5, 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The next snack is pretzels. Who likes pretzels? I know I do. I love pretzels. Especially when they're homemade and they're warm, salty, yummy pretzels. I love pretzels. So while you um, make these um, homemade, salty, yummy pretzels, you will learn that Jesus calls us to be uh, salt and light in the world. And um, in Matthew 5, 13, 16, it says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, you can um, be made salty again. Or how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify the Father in heaven. Now, the next snack is s'mores. I don't know about you, but when I go camping... The first thing I want is a s'more. Now, those ooey-gooey treats are the, they, they're the best thing about camping. And when you make these s'mores, you're going to learn that Jesus, when you ask for anything, Jesus is always going to give you more than what you ask for. <laughs> So just never lose faith that uh, this next story, which is found in Luke, shows one man's strong belief that he asked he asked for um, help with uh, from Jesus, and Jesus was there. Jesus helped him, and like I said, it's found in Luke, and Jesus was in a house, and the house was crowded with Pharisees, which is like the church elders and teachers. And this man was paralyzed. And he needed he needed help from Jesus. He needed healing. And he had faith. He had strong faith that Jesus was going to heal him. But he had to get to Jesus. And he had no way to get to Jesus because he was in a house and it was crowded. And so he had friends. And he got on a straw mat. And his friends took him to the top of this house, and they lowered him down from the roof inside the house in front of Jesus. And um, they, uh, when Jesus saw this man, he um, said, friend, your, your sins are forgiven. Well, you know, the Pharisees and the teachers, it, it kind of angered him 
it kind of angered them because, well, they thought, well, only God can forgive sin. Well, he told the man, he said, take your mat, get up, and walk. And he did. And when the Pharisees and the teachers saw that, well, they were just in awe. And they started praising God. And they said, we've seen a remarkable thing today. All because this one man had so much faith in Jesus' ability to heal him. Never forget that. Now, the next map is a Rice Krispie Fish. You might think, ugh. But no, Rice Krispie Fish. Now, how many of you like Rice Krispie Treats? I do. Well, this is a Rice Krispie Fish. You make Rice Krispie Treats and you mold them into a fish. And this is to help you learn that Jesus calls us to be fishers of people. What that means is when you're a fisher of men or fisher of people, you are someone who wins people uh, to Christ or you, you tell people about Christ. And there's a story in the Bible. It's in um, Mark 1, 14 through uh, 20, where Jesus, when he gathers his disciples or when he's looking for his disciples, he first gets them to be fishers of men. He gets them to be, uh, uh, tells them uh, to be followers of Christ. And so Jesus is in Galilee, and he's telling people about God. And um, so he's in Galilee. He's on the Sea of Galilee. And he first comes up upon um, Simon and his brother Andrew. And they were casting, they were fishermen, and they were casting their nets out. And all he said was, drop your nets and follow me. And they did. And they, they did. And a little while later, he sees... Um, John and James, they were with the father in a boat, and he said the same thing, drop your nets and follow me. And they did, and they became fishers of men. And then they were uh, some of Jesus' disciples. Now the next map is fiddle-faddle. That's made with popcorn. Now every time you hear the uh, corn pop, that's going to be popping for praise for Jesus. Now in Luke 18 is a perfect uh, story to show a good reason for praising the Lord. Now there is um, Jesus was on the uh, uh, heading to Jericho, and there was a blind man sitting at the side of the road, and he couldn't see anything, but he can hear, and he heard all this noise, and so he asked, "What is going on?" And somebody said. It's Jesus of Nazareth. So he started yelling, Jesus, son of David. And they were trying to hush him. And he kept yelling, Jesus, son of David. And finally, Jesus comes over and asks him what he could do, what he needed. And he said, my sight, my sight, I can't see. I, I see, you know, heal me. And so Jesus um, said, your faith has healed you. And the blind man immediately received his sight back, and he started following Jesus. And when all the people saw this, they all started praising God. Now, the last snack that I wanted to share with you is peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Now, most people think this, this is just a lunchtime snack. For me, anybody that knows me knows I love peanut butter and jelly, and I will eat it any time of the day, breakfast, lunch. Any time of the day, I love peanut butter and jelly. And when you eat peanut butter and jelly, remember that Jesus supplies your needs. And there's a Bible story. It's one of Jesus' miracles, and it's found in Matthew 14. And it's how Jesus supplied the needs of 5,000 people. Now, Wherever Jesus went, I don't care where he was, crowds of people followed him. 
because they wanted Jesus to help them. They wanted Jesus to heal them. Well, Jesus went and he wanted, he went on a hill, uh, kind of in a remote area where there was, wasn't anybody to be alone. Well, the crowd saw him and they went to where he was. And he, there was about 5,000 people and they were wanting to be healed. They were wanting Jesus to heal them. And he felt compassion for these people. So he was healing the people. And it got, it got toward nighttime. And the disciples said, Lord, Master, we need to send these people to the village while there's still time because there's no food here. And they can go to the village uh, to get some food. And the Lord said, Jesus said, well, no, no. What do we have to feed them here? And the disciples said, well, all we have is five loaves of bread and two fish. And Jesus said, well, bring the food to me. And so they brought the food to Jesus. And Jesus took the food and he blessed the food. And then he broke the food up and he said, go feed the people. And so they passed the food out and the people, they ate until they were satisfied. And then afterwards, the disciples, they collected the baskets and put baskets left over. Twelve baskets left over of uneaten food. Isn't that amazing? So, I'm going to leave you with one more Bible verse. This Bible verse is found in Psalms 34.8 that says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. So all of these uh, recipes sound like they would hit the mark for not for not only tasting good, but for uh, they also remind us of God's goodness and love. Now the Bible is uh, it's like a wonderful recipe for life, and if we follow it and we use it for our uh, and apply it for our everyday life, then we know that we have tasted God's goodness through accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And we know that God's recipe can be trusted. You know, my grandma, she used to have all kinds of sayings. And I, um, I, I use them in my lessons a lot. And there's one in particular that she used to say while cooking, the proof is in the pudding. And I used to nod my head and smile like I understood what she was saying, and I, I didn't. But I didn't want Grandma to know that. But when I started um, doing my lesson this week, I, I remembered her saying this. And so I, I looked it up in the computer to see if her saying had any meaning to it. And you know, that wasn't the end of the saying. The end of the saying, it's the whole saying actually said, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. And which means that the true value of something or, or the meaning of something can only be judged when put to use. So it only means something if you use it. And just like the proof of God's word be uncovered if you use it in your life. So it only means something like when you go to Sunday school or church and you hear your Sunday school teacher or your pastor speaking, those words only mean something if you use them. So we know uh, that you believe it's true. You, the the Lord's word is true because you trust God. You believe in God. So when you put God's words into use in your lives, well, as the saying goes, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. Let's pray. Dear Almighty Father, please bless all the children here today. Please help them to understand that the Bible is a wonderful, wonderful recipe for life. It's a wonderful cookbook and with many wonderful recipes to follow. 
Please help them to learn to trust you and to trust your word. When they learn to follow you, they cannot and will not go wrong. Help them to learn to let the light shine through them and to remember to praise you, Lord, for all that you do. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for uh, that message, Lisa. Appreciate it. Um, this is our prayer and praise time. So if anybody has any prayer, um, you can take them now or praise you. Anyone in here? Those on Facebook, make a comment, and we will make your praise known. Uh, we have one uh, praise that was pr uh, prayer that was for uh, Vicki Ritchie. Uh, she's having some pain on her left side, so we need to pray for her that she'll get healed. Anyone else? in the Facebook land. By the way, uh, we have a praise. I was able to start a podcast for Vicks Ministry Center, and also we are putting uh, the video on YouTube. So for those out there that want other avenues that they don't get Facebook, you can check out YouTube and also uh, the podcast is uh, listed on the page. Is there anything? If not, we will go to the prayer. Father, we do thank you for your love. We thank you for this prayer time that uh, we will take our prayers, even though they're not mentioned, that you would use your their prayers and their hearts as a way of giving and uh, taking care of people. Father, I do ask for prayer for Vicki Ritchie, that you will uh, heal her body and her pain that she has. Father, we do thank you. We ask that you take this day again and use it for your glory. In Jesus' name.
prayer time and recollection. Uh, so if you have something to give or tithes or anything or prayers to be lifted up, this is the opportunity to do so while they do another verse. And uh, those who are out there who would like to uh, give, we do have a slot that you could drop your offerings or tithes into the front of the church on 6th Street. So we still are working and we still are being functioned. We still need to take utilities and other objects, other job with uh, help supporting this ministry here um, throughout the, the state to generate gracious here. I uh, appreciate that very much. who have given today. We do thank you for those prayers for our ministries here. I thank you for being the, a light and big to all people to see who we are and how we operate here. We thank you again for the gifts. We thank you for the musicians here and um, our IT guy who does a wonderful job. And Father, we do ask that you bless this day. We do thank you for the gifts once again. Anyway, so as I was uh, reading scripture, we come to a that is difficult to understand for the ordinary person. And the title of my is it for verses 18 to 25. It's submission to masters. And when they say master, they mean slave or servant. Now, we all know, I don't know if some of you guys know in, in the word that Jesus washed the feet of the disciples. And Jesus is acting out being a servant. When you look at King, King David, he was being a shepherd. And he was imitating Christ and who Christ is. So let's read verses 18. It's a servant. Be submissive to your master with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but to the also to the heart. Remember that, to the heart. So if you got a boss that is always on your back, show show a gentleness. Be, be careful. You know? Sometimes a kind word goes farther. Um, sometimes it's difficult to do that. For his commendable is because of conscience towards God. One endures grief, suffering wrongs for. For the credit is if when you are beaten for your faults, I hope I don't get beaten for my faults. I'd be beaten every minute of the day, I think. But it goes on. Towards God, one endures grief and suffering wrongfully. For what credit it is if you, when you are beaten for your faults and take it patiently. But when you do good and suffer, it, you take it patiently. This is a commendable before God. For to this, because God Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps, who commits no sin, nor was found in his mouth, who when it revealed did not reveal in return, when he suffered he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judged righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. That we, having died to sin, you were like sheep gone astray, but now we turn. Now, this pops into mind about the prodigal son. 
the prodigal son went to his father and said, Father, I want all my inheritance that you are giving me. Father was kind of reluctant to give it, but he gave it to the son. The son went out and blew it. He, he blew it so bad he ended up feeding the, eating the pig slop at the people. He says, no, I can't do this anymore. I need to go to my father and repent and have this. The father has been waiting every day. He looked out the window and he was waiting. And when he saw him, the father ran to him with his cloak up and he was running to him. Son, you return. You return to me. The overseer of your soul. He returned to the shepherd, which is the father. It's a good picture of God. But when we read in First Peter chapter, he, he kind of says, hey, you know, we must be submissive. Now, some people take the word submissive pretty, uh, pretty wrongfully. When you say submit, it means you, you, you bow down or you um, don't yes, match. But it's, it's not that, basically. And I, I went to a book I use quite a bit. And it's called the Expository Dictionary of Bible Words. And I looked it up. And I looked up the word submission. Now, I'm not going to read all this. Trust me. It'd be, uh, you guys would go to sleep. And I'd go. But anyway, submissive. Jesus Christ was submissive to his father. He was so submissive that he went to the cross for our sins, as Peter said. His stripes were healed. He, he was beaten. He was crowned with thorns on his head. He was barely could walk. The biblical concept means of words, even those well-defined in our culture, cannot tell us how are used to develop or express a biblical perspective. The study of passages. Remember that word, study. For granted that you know and what you understand. Study it because some words the than what it is today. Because a lot, of, uh, a lot of people take a biblical passage and use it for their glory, even though they have no clue what the passage is about. Okay? Another phrase here. The voluntary submission of believers involves existing social structures. Christians are to submit to the governing authorities. And remember, when you submit to the government authority, make sure it's lawful and according to God's word. That's the ultimate authority we have, is God's word. It's a voluntary submission. It's like, okay, my boss told me I had to clean the toilet. Okay? When I was working for pizza back in high school, boy, did I get the cruddy job. Me and this one guy was kind of competing at each other. We were, we were let's, let me get my job. It wasn't the fact that we were doing submissively. It was the fact we were having competition with each other so we could get the best job and have cut. It was kind of self-centered type of attitude. I was stuck with dishes this high in the air. Or when I was in the Navy and I worked for the Admiral, I had to shrug papers. And the E-6 that I worked under, he looked at me and says, looked over, I the shredder was this big, and I couldn't go home until it was done. That's a harshness right there. It's harsh. So, voluntary submission. The New Testament is specific to slaves. They are to submit and provide good service. Submission in the role defined by one culture makes no judgment on the justice or validity of the particular institute. Another area which believers are submit volunteer is that Christ interrelation. What is your relationship is like? Christians are to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, Ephesians 5, 21. That's what it's about. Your submissionist does not deal with the people, as I was saying earlier. It's not about us, guys. God's purpose in us to do his will. He uses us to reach out to people. And if we're not doing what we're supposed to do, and he's going to move on to the next person. Okay, he don't care. He, 
First, in John, we were saying about a, a, a guy who was paralyzed or something was wrong with him 38 years. Why did God pick him? Why did Christ pick the guy in John? Because he was looking at Jesus after Jesus was talking to him. The other ones were just looking at the pool, waiting for that world to come through so they could get into the pool and get healed. But it's all fiction because Christ is the only one that can heal you against with his support. If you're looking to get healed, look to Christ, not some pool that's been and you can walk in and get healed. Remember that. It's that relationship you have with Christ. It's the relationship you have throughout the day. If you don't look to Jesus for every week, like Lisa said in her video, it's nothing. It's amazing me how she talks about things I'm going to talk before ever. It's like, wow, we're on the same page and we haven't even talked to each other for a week. I lost, I see. Peter uses two words. Submit and obedience. So guess what I did? I went back and looked at the word obedience. What is obedience? Anybody can tell me right off here? Obedience. I'm not going to get into the Greek text or the Greek words. What's all the other good stuff that I like to do when I'm at Pastor Bible College, try to learn things. But I, I want to uh, focus on something. Obedience and disobedience. Obedience and you have disobedience. Mother and father, when they, your children disobey, what do you do? When they obedient, what do you do? What do you do? Obedient or disobedient? Which is it? I was old school. We used the belt. We on the butt. You know, when they disobeyed, they knew. You know, uh, when I was in school, my old phrase, or when I was teaching school, and uh, I was telling the uh, things, I would tell people, my words are as gold. Because if you cross the path, you will not like it. That, that's how I ran the school. You know, I could be your friend or I could be your enemy. Take your choice. If you're disobedient, you're my enemy. If you're obedient, you're my friend. And that's the way I looked at things. But Jesus looked is a rational term. Obedient flows out of the personal, there it is, out of the personal relationship. It's only by love. The quality of a relationship with God is demonstrated by one obedience to him. Interesting, huh? Obedience. And here, in passage, one of the passages says there's two lessons. First, if we maintain the attitude of Jesus, we will be able to work out the fullest possibility of expression in our salvation. Only when we live in the full accord with God's will can our actions be in accord with his good purpose. Second, 1 Peter 2.13. The fullest commitment to God will for him to demonstrate the love or the level of commitment we are to achieve, and he shows us the result, the exaltation. This is the second lesson about obedience. Blessings may not be experienced until resurrection occurs. Hebrews 5, 17, 10. See, Jesus was obedient to the cross. When, when he goes in front of people, Jesus didn't argue with them. He just quoted scriptures. When he went in front of the, the, the Roman king, he didn't say anything. Yeah, he would make a comment here and there. Only some people knew what it was and some people didn't know what it was. But we are to be obedient because he himself bore our sins 
in his own body on a tree, on the cross. Jesus was obedient all the way up to the cross. Even when he was in the, the Jewish synagogue and he, missed, he was misplaced by Mary. First of all, Mary should have went to the, to the temple. That's where Jesus was. But did he throw a fit when Mary told him to come with me? Most kids throw a fit in the grocery store at that age. Who had, who's seen a fit in the grocery store? Because they didn't get a piece of candy or they didn't get uh, some things they wanted. So they threw a fit. They, they ah, he's coming here and the mom's pulling them alongside. I tell you what, she responds differently in a store with dad and mom. Dad don't even take the kids when they go to the home kids to the grocery store. And I always say to myself, why does mom punish herself taking these kids to the grocery store? You know? Me? I said, no, I'm going. I'll be back in 10. So I go and get my stuff, and I go. Um, it's pretty interesting. But obedience to the cross. Christ was like that ever since he was born. Of obedience to God. Peter knew that. He suffered. Those who were against him, he suffered. But did he say anything bad about it? What about when he met the soldiers and, Pe and somebody cut his ear, cut one of the uh, soldiers' ears off? Christ picked up that ear and put it back on his head. It's not that Christ was showing off. It was that Christ was showing obedience to the soldiers and respecting who they are. He committed himself to who judged rightly, and that was God. He says, my father is the final say. And it was, oh, who commit those sins? worked for a boss that was really bad. And it took you maybe a week later to fire, get fired. You go, yeah, you quit. You quit. Most people quit. Some people stay because they needed the money. Me, I quit. I didn't quit. I hung out. I, I, I needed money. I was a 19-year-old or 18-year-old, and I needed money. I had a car. I had insurance. They let me go, though. You know how you know you let go? Is that your hours are increasing each day of the week. <laughs> it's like, really? I guess they don't want me around anymore. So naturally you said, okay, I'm leaving. Bye. But when I worked at the hospital, I learned a few things. But you learn things as you get older. Okay? When I was in the Navy, everything was really bad. And finally I said, you know what? i got to change things here. So I started... Praying, saying my prayer at mealtime, and eventually the, the people were respecting me of who I was, and I'm not being prideful here. They would say, oh, let preacher the grace at lunchtime. Christ is saying, hey, the relationship you have with me shall show with your boss. Submissive. It's not being uh, weak. It's not being... Um, whatever word you want to use, uh, derogatory. Submission means, hey, the relationship you have with Jesus should go towards the submission of the boss you have to deal with. Whether it's a, a good boss, I always love good bosses because they don't bother you. Now, I look at uh, where Brittany and Austin and Marcus work, okay? They all got bonuses for work. You know, but if you're a good worker and you do what you need to do, you stand out and the people hopefully recognize that process. When you are a good worker, when you do what needs to happen, 
you don't throw a fit when they tell you to do something and you don't ignore them. You be a good employee. But guess what? It goes the opposite here. A good boss should be worthy to take a look at their employee and be submissive to the employee. Now, some people say, when you say, oh, I worked there, and it's great, and we had a good boss, and man, if you come here, you, you, it will be great. That's the way it should be. It should be that. It'd be, it says in verse 19, for it is commendable if because of conscience towards God, one endures the grief and suffering of wrong. That goes for the good part. Did you know that when the slave got beaten and they didn't do anything, the Bible says what credit it is if you are beaten for your fault? You take it patiently? Really? <laughs> I don't say, whoa, I can't handle that. But when you do good and suffer, you take it patiently, and this is commendable before God. And I think this is the way Jesus responds. And this is what we need to do because the relationship we have in Christ, when you look in the mirror, you say, hey, I want to be like Christ today. I want to be like that. I want to do that. I want to show love to who Christ is. I, I want to show what it is. One of the authors noted here in the with God is found when an employee treated unjustly accepts his poor treatment with faith in God's sovereign care rather than responding in anger, hostility, hostility, It, it tells us a lot of things we need to do. And we go back to Lisa's comment, you know. Just don't read the Bible, because you could say, oh, I read the Bible today. I, I did my quote. That will help your relationship with Christ. And I bet you your life will change drastically. People will be around you. People want to be with you.
Jesus says, don't do your sins again because it will be worse. Our relationship with Christ is always there. It will reward you or curse you. Because if your relationship is good with God, you're doing you're doing well. Now, what I mean by relationship, I don't mean reading a little phrase here and there. I mean actually reading scripture and talking to God every day of the week. I'm at fault doing that. I trust you. This is work for me too. But we need to focus. As Christians, we need to focus on our relationship, and in our relationship with Christ will help us with the other relationships. Abundant Life has uh, a Wednesday night Bible study that talks that talks about relationships. You can't have a relationship with somebody without having a relationship with person. Now, your relationship with somebody else before Christ could be really bad. And then what do you do? What do you do? You call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and ask if you will take this out of my hand. I get a kick out of people on TV. I don't know if you ever watch a faith-based movie sometimes and uh, things are going on around this life and in some of the things they have been down they, they always ask this question, or they always make this statement, and they bow their head and they says, Lord, do you remember me, or it's me? And I think about that. And I think about Scripture when I make that statement. God knows everything about you. God knows every hair on your head and where it's located. Of course he remembers you. He's just waiting for you to come to him and have a relationship with him. Of course. Again, if you're the prodigal son coming to the father, and he'll accept you any way and any place possible. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, I do thank you for your love. I thank you for who you are and what you can do in our lives. If we'd be obedient to the cross, we'd be obedient to Jesus Christ and get a relationship started. And be submission, submissive with Christ. And it's not a derogatory term. It's the relationship we have in the, in voluntary, or the voluntary way of doing things to get Christ's approval. We thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand. today there's no reason to wait Jesus is calling bring your sorrow and drink them for joy from the ashes a new life is born 
blood of Christ. We thank you for this beautiful time we had with you today. We ask that we will carry this out and share with our friends. Share it on Facebook. Share it in any way you need to share it. We need to hear this. We need to hear that you went to the cross for us. You shed the blood of Jesus Christ for our sins. So we can have a relationship once again that Adam and Eve lost. Father, we do thank you for this day and ask that you be with us now as we go home and keep us safe and keep us well hydrated, keep us cool. In Jesus' name, amen.